so last week uh, we were talking and we sort of announced that you were coming on because we had already we had known you were coming on. So we did a, um, I guess it was, we did a, uh, a little bonus episode because we, we spoke to uh, Maria in San Juan from here. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Maria Bouchamp. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and But then at the end I said you were coming in and we had a little conversation because I said, uh, and again, so people take this the wrong way, so I'm going to explain it. But I, I find you like the, the Marianne Williamson of Network Delaware. Because and everybody laughed and I said I like I like Marianne Williams not because I wouldn't vote for her but because she understands um, that there's a like a humanistic element to the work that we do mm-hmm. and um, you have to have that and it's like contagious like and I think the example I gave was like the last network meeting I was at you know everybody stood up and we held hands and they closed our eyes and then you start talking and you're like you think it's corny but it's not. And so I know, and that's why I was so excited to have you in here because I know there's like an energy. I think somebody called it an aura. You have an aura. Nice. <laughs> so I'm real excited to do this. I'm excited too. Yes, I want to unveil the truth behind it. <laughs> nice, nice. Hola amigos, camaradas, hermanos y hermanas. Estamos aquí nuevamente en el vientre de la bestia, tras las líneas enemigas, a la sombra de la torre Rockford. Es un episodio muy especial de Highlands Bunker. Discutiremos la organización comunitaria en Delaware con un enfoque especial en nuestros vecinos hispanohablantes. Well, there you have it, folks. We are here with uh, community organizer and activist extraordinaire Erica Gutierrez. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad that we have a new uh, we have a new opening, a little, little different for everybody. Uh, but trust me, it's the same. Um, Erica's with uh, Network Delaware. Do you have a Do you have a title now at Network Delaware? What, you, you... Well, I am just a volunteer, the co- one of the co coordinators for the Safe Communities Campaign. Right, you're on Safe Communities, right? Yes, okay. I am the Safe Communities Campaign. I am my actual. Um, um, job is with uh, Delaware Can, which I kind of partner in the same objectives, which is community organizing and leadership development, and just trying to get every possible candidate out of the shadows and and the shaman list. <laughs> Shaking every tree. <laughs> yes. So that the aura, the energy, where does it come from? Do you know how? Do you know because because you have it, like the charisma? Do you know where it comes from, or just your personality is just like yes. that? Well. Um, all of us have it. Some of us uh, decide to seek it, which is kind of our, pretty much our essence. We are peaceful people, and we have all this beautiful energy that brings us happiness. Um, that is what we seek, and sometimes we get angry or anxious or whatever. Some of us manifest it through music, through art, through political discussions. This is a passion, but um, I've been studying a lot because in my life I, I have gone through a lot of things. And this kind of spiritual moment or space that I hold is, is being kind of, when I look back through it, it's like I've been just following it, like finding an answer. It's constantly finding an answer. Getting angry or being aggressive, I never have choose that pretty much. I said there must be an answer for everything. And it's just that, looking for the answer behind the behavior or whatever, the situation anything 
and, and those answers have come um, to make me very introspective and very aware of um, what I feel, what I think, and, and then start after that, like, in understanding people. Like, we think things that we don't mean, that we don't even believe. We just think them because they are stick to us because we absorb them. You look at the TV, for example, the programming, there is sarcasm everywhere. And you don't realize that that is embedded into you. And then you start being sarcastic, uh, uh, sarcastic with people, and then you bully people, and you're like, what do I do that? You know, we don't think about it. We think it's funny until we realize that that is a behavior that is being embedded into us because of the system. So, like, I've been asking myself those kind of questions and try to detach from there because, to me, like, I, I believe that I'm here to fulfill a mission and contribute wherever it is, and I feel that love is my mission. And it might sound corny for many people that look at me and they just laugh, but, you know, like, afterwards they are kind of... It's something that, as you said, is contagious. Love is contagious. Peace is contagious. And we need that in politics, and we need that everywhere. Yeah, you know what? Cornell West says it. It's a pretty famous. People probably heard it before, but justice is love in public. Mm -hmm. So I think about that. I mean, my, my perspective is this. So I, I sort of grew up sort of marginally Catholic, Roman Catholic. And then when I was about in my late 20s or 30s, in my late 20s, early 30s, I started reading this, this author, uh, Bart Ehrman. So, uh, and I started reading sort of like this uh, analysis of the Bible and stuff. And so, so I got, so, you know, I, I realized I was an atheist. But for the first five or six years of my atheism, I was like, I was like a, a militant, like asshole atheist, you know? <laughs> and then it took me, a, it took me a long time to understand that you start, you can, you can, you can, understand one thing but you still have a humanistic aspect to how you are um, more you know more introspective less angry um, just feeling like um, there's more to what we're doing than just something you can write down on a piece of paper say yes. and so I've just in the last maybe 10 years started evolving my mind like that that's why I was so fascinated that you did that and I know as you said like people laugh and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of chicanery and hokery and say Marianne Williamson, right? But the idea and what she's saying and the ideas and what you're saying, I think, are some of the most important ideas in any kind of work that you do, or just being a human being. Yes. Um, so, like, I, I just think it's I think it's really really cool. Yes. One of the things that I would like to point out is that um, people might think that Marianne might be like the weak candidate because we are used to thinking a different way. We think that a candidate should have the qualities that we think she'll have. But actually, you know, she means what she says, and I'm sure that if she wins, she will fight to get all those coalitions, to break all those rules, to, 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 to bring this country to wherever it needs to be. Um, not that I fully support her, but... Um, I mean, I love Bernie Sanders. Of course, <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, we're you all know? we're big. I mean, we're we're, we're this is a Bernie bunker. For, I think for, they for both sure. could be like the perfect combination because we need that in our system. There is no way we can go without shifting the way we think and the way we behave and how we um, focus our adversaries, how we talk to everyone that we want to engage. We need authenticity, and we don't have it. That's why many candidates don't have people to canvas for them. That's why candidates they don't. They don't have what they need and the support that they seek because most of the time we don't realize that authenticity is lacking. Like seriously, creating relationships come not just from being sympathetic, 
but actually from connecting. We need that. And that comes from, from a piece of love. We need to love people to make that connection authentically. And that's, that's where everything is shifting. Yeah, and she was authentic last night. Again, I don't. I didn't watch the debates. I don't watch the debates. I think I. I might uh, be watching one casually tonight for other reasons, um, but I didn't watch the 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 the, the Bernie Elizabeth Warren at Al debate was last night, and it didn't really have anything to teach me. So I I didn't watch it, but I did understand afterwards that while in the debate, um, saying that she wasn't for Medicare for all as as prescribed by basically Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren that after listening to the big arguments about it back and forth, that she changed her mind. I mean, who, there's, 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 I, I can't think of any other of the candidates who were up there, and I, I only can think of two or three of them, but that would ever say that. Yes. Ever. Yes. And it, it's, it's, it's actually very profound. It is. Um, I, the other thing I, you know, and, and you said about Bernie, and I, and I think that one of the reasons I don't, this, I'm not the audience for this, um, is because, as you said, there's one candidate who who really understands that the the, the found, foundational change has to happen. And so he calls it a political revolution. You can call it whatever you want, um, but that's that's what's unique about him. And, and you know, people might say that just winning is priority number one, but defeating the conditions that put us in this situation is actually priority number one. Or else it's going to happen again, and we're going to have to you know do it again. So we have to do two things at once. There's just no other way to do it. And I think that's what, it's probably why we all have that understanding that it takes more. It takes, it takes more. love, it takes changing things, yes. it takes political revolution, it takes all of this. Yes. You know, it's, it's not it's something you can't, it's not something you can put on a piece of paper. Yeah, and it's very easy to understand. For example, if you think about um, Elizabeth Warren or any other candidate that had all her followers or his followers, they admire them, they agree with them. But Bernie Sanders, he inspires love. People that want Bernie, Bernie Sanders, um, they love what he brings because he doesn't speak about it, but he is love. He's pretty much advocating for human rights from everything that we deserve in the right way, and, and that changes everything. The conversation turns uh, people um, into their hearts, but also politics. And all those other candidates, they, they sell concepts, but they don't connect. And it's really interesting. It's love. Yeah, yeah. It's not a commodity. Commodified c candidates that are cookie cutter talking about a particular, you know, they're just paid to say the things that they're saying, yes. really. And that's not going to, that's not, uh, not the way forward at all. Well, let's talk about your your organizing, your political activism. I mean, uh, do you uh, do you uh, come from here, or are you are where you from somewhere else? Where'd you come? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Mexico, um, beautiful country. I had the um, the pleasure, and the I am so grateful. Um, what kind of defined my my line of work was high school. Um, the University of Mexico, the National University of Mexico, has a high school that prepares you in a different way than any other school. Um, it's not technical, it's not uh, focused on, on skills, it's focused on humanities. So it's a college of science and humanities, and you have a choice to pick anything in any subject that you want. And most of the teachers, uh, I will say all of them, but most of the teachers are there to make you grow as a humanist, 
as a scientist, as a social uh, fighter, and that's where I got my love for social justice. And I'm very grateful because through social justice, I have learned so much about myself. Is where I realize where my cultural poverty that is imposed in many countries around the world, through countries like this, um, I walk. And I realized um, that I needed to find a different place in my mind, in my actions, etc. And from there, my journey started. Um, I went to school over there, studied two years of theater. Then um, it was really complicated to um, to make a living in Mexico in the conditions that we were. Um, I had to leave my home when I was 18. And it's not like here that you can get a job in anywhere and, and just make a living. It's really hard because it's, it has to be a full-time job where you make like $5 a day. So uh, that was never enough for school, for um, eating and anything else, expenses, etc. So through deep reflection, I decided to come to this country. And when I got here, it was, um, it was a full of, you know, it was so wondrous and amazing. But at the same time, I realized that this country wasn't what I thought. <laughs> In many ways, um, surprisingly, I came to Delaware where I found the most amazing people that I have ever met. I think that Americans have to realize the beautiful power that they have and they don't realize about it. You know, um, Americans grow with this um, insight about liberty, justice, um, everybody claims their rights, everybody argues about everything, you know, but it's being managed by the system to keep it low but if you guys elevate that power into politics, you have no idea what you can do. You can change everything in the world. Um, and that is something that many um, countries from the South and all the oppressed countries around the world don't have it because we are repressed very early. We don't believe in government. We don't believe in anything. That's why we are so apathetic. So um, we don't believe that things can be sold by politicians because mostly it's a transaction about power and money that never benefits people. And when I got to this country and I started like learning about people, I realized how beautiful and not everyone, but most of the people that I connected with and that I have chosen to, to be around are, are wonderful. Human values, kindness, solidarity, um, understanding and it's just so humbling it has allowed me to open my heart and and actually it's part of who I am and now it's a learning we we nourish from each other so that's why we got here um, so how how did you get uh, connected to so now specifically you're working with uh, safe streets and community organizing for for Network Delaware as some of your work so how did you get into that? And then what are the, some of the other, maybe some of the political and other mm -hmm. community organizing that you're doing? Well, I was, I was a um, board member of um, Voices Without Borders many years ago, 2009, two or three, I think. Along with Jermaine Gonzalez, we were together. Um, that organization, it got dissolved. Um, we part ways, and I just kept studying. I talk English. It took me two years to learn it, but I had to because it was frustrating. I didn't know any English when I got here. So um, I realized that I couldn't be happy at all. Um, and then um, in 2017, when this new president came on board, I was so frustrated because every single thing that he was saying about people that he didn't like, including 
my Hispanic community was really shocking. And I was really angry that no elected official, no community leader in the <laughs> Hispanic community leader will say anything about it. Nobody publicly will say it. And so um, I got together with my friend Germina and we said, I said, I think I'm going to Canada or somewhere. I, don't, I can't live in a place where a president is saying that about people and I just don't, I can't. She kind of uh, was expressing the same. Then we look at each other and we said, maybe we don't have to go. <laughs> maybe we should fight back. <laughs> that's a beautiful, that's such beautiful spirit because that's sort of how I felt too. You know, I was, I was always, a, a, you know, involved a little bit in, in politics. You know, I, I had my ideas. Maybe I would get some money or volunteer once in a while and I would vote for the most liberal or most leftist candidate. But I, you know, that was like, that was about it. Um, but I also, you know, I studied history and political science, and when you see something so crude and so vile um, in, a, in a human way, um, you know, rather than make the joke that maybe I would have made when uh, George W. Bush was president and say, I'm from Canada. You know, she used to tell people when I was traveling, I'm from Canada, you know, and I was like, make that joke. I'm going to move to Canada. Or I don't mm -hmm. like it here. Actually, I remember very vividly the couple days after um, Trump was elected thinking, no, fuck that. I'm staying here. I'm going. I'm going down with my fingers high and swinging. If I go down, I'm going down like a, like a <laughs> champ. You know. Yes. That's how I felt, and and so that's sort of that was. I had I had worked, um, sort of worked as a, a loose phrase. I had supported um, Drew and Eugene in that effort, and so I was um, sort of very excited to sort of see where that went. And everybody who everybody who did organizing, and kind of, sort of going to their disparate groups, growing those groups, changing them a little bit, starting to form the solidarity that yes. we're starting to form today, and this is sort of the story of almost everyone is everyone who's at least more motivated than they were. I think you were probably more involved than even I was pre 2016. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mm -hmm. think there's a lot of people out there that that share that view. Like now's oh, yes. the time because. Um, you know, this is uh, where yes. we're at from a from a economic standpoint and law enforcement and immigration. Um, it's not going to work unless we all get together. And fight yes. It. Yes. Well, um, that point at that point was when um, Guillermo invited me to a meeting uh, full of women from all social uh, spaces in the state and Drewsers was presenting Network Delaware. When I saw the platform, I couldn't believe my eyes. I said, this is pretty radical. <laughs> Nobody's doing this. So, um, of course, Drewsers didn't waste his time. He came and approached me and he invited me. And when I came to the very first meeting that I was Network Delaware, I really appreciated it. It was scary because there was a system that was kind of intimidating, but it was full of great people working together. Um, everybody sat, everybody discussed whatever issue, and then everybody went away with a task and then came back and then built up on that task. Everybody did it. And again, another liar, another liar. And I was fascinated. Um, I was pointed out to be the, the first co-coordinator of the Safe Communities Campaign. I didn't want to do it. I honestly wanted somebody to do it because I was afraid, honestly, but also I wanted um, to support other people because I know I'm good at that. And nobody will step up, especially Latinos. So I I had to do it. 
and awesome Drew, just throw me in there and let me be responsible. Let me learn. Give me the space to to make decisions. Give me the space to to develop my skills along with uh, the trainings that um, the network had. And it was just amazing. It was so organic. And it just gave me my wings. Literally, I realized that I could do much more than I thought I could do. And, and from there, I've been just growing and growing and growing. Yeah, we've said it before about Drew and here with different folks who have come in. Like, he has he has the, the, the organizer's knack for sort of seeing somebody who's interested and motivated, but maybe doesn't know exactly what to do and figures out exactly how to utilize that person in the way that they're continuing to be motivated to do work. He's kind of a genius in that way. Yes, he is. He's a really good observer. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it's, it, it's, it's pretty cool. So yes. uh, do you want to talk about anything specifically you're doing uh, – with that uh, with that work now yes highlight well, some highlights yes well we are continuing uh, working um, on the safe communities campaign I am co-coordinated with Alicia Washington which is another Latina beautiful person and and a great organizer she didn't ever know her power as well as me and then now she's kind of everywhere which is beautiful as well I love to support her um, we have been struggling with that policy being passed in the state there is a lot of um, obstacles and blockaging from mindsets, and I know that. Do you want to explain what what, what the actual policy is? Because I, I I don't know yes. if everybody understands it because it's it's a little strange too because it's uh, in the northern part of the state it's one thing yes. and then in the southern yes. part of the state it's something else. Well, mainly what we ask is based on pretty much the same that uh, the safe communities policy had, was on Newcastle country, which bases um, um, its fundamental principles on uh, police not being, local police not being um, used to serve as an immigrant agent. Um, so those resources keep in the st within the state as well. And people feel safer because we are communities and we don't want people to be terrorized and afraid, uh, etc. So uh, when people don't, when especially immigrants, they, um, undocumented people, they witness crimes, they don't report them. They cannot be witness. They cannot help a police because they feel they might be threatened. So that's one of the biggest reasons besides of, of protecting uh, the community uh, for that uh, principal policy. The other one is protecting the information. All those driver licenses that have been acquired, all, all the data, we don't want that to be directly uh, linked to immigration. So um, people don't get deported for no reason. Uh, the other part is training like training um, institutions, training school personnel, administrators, everybody about not asking questions that are not adequate, pretty much. Um, that is what it encloses, like respect everybody's information and not get any status involved in anything. So in Newcastle County, most of these sort of guidelines are, are accepted. Um, but what are the hurdles in the other two counties? Well, um, mostly from talks with the um, people from um, the state. Uh, we had a big meeting with the police department from the whole state as well. And they are on board. They are protecting people. They are with our immigrant community and they want people to feel safe. But there is kind of a fear of making it public. That is the big issue that we have, and that's why probably our governor doesn't want 
he doesn't want it to become public. It's are you, not. Are you saying I, we might have to have a commentary here? Are you saying that the governor John Carney is afraid? I don't know exactly what is. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to say that he's afraid, and I don't think this is the only thing he's afraid of. Actually, I think he's afraid of a lot of things, for a lot of different reasons. I'm sorry. That was my commentary. Well, it is a time for us to be brave. We but cannot I, be fearful. I, I know, and I think the, the thing that bothers me about it and the thing that, that, that piqued me is that I'll, I'll tell you a little a story. <clears throat> uh, this past weekend, uh, my, my wife, Nurse Susan, is uh, from the eastern shore of Maryland, from the beach, and we went to visit some of her friends. And uh, they have a little boat, and they took us out to do some fishing and clamming in the bay there, and it was it was fun. Um, but I will tell you that I saw uh, 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 many many uh, Trump flags on on boats, on uh, expensive trucks, uh, you know, on houses on the on the bay, you know, things like that. <laughs> and so finally, I just turned to our hosts, because Susan's our friends. And said, uh, wow, people down here really like Trump, huh? And these people are, I mean, they're, I would say that they would be moderately Republican, like they probably voted for, for Bush. But I needle them sometimes. They're not totally unreasonable people. And they would, they were like, yeah, we don't talk about it. I said, okay. And then later on in the weekend, same thing, I had seen a few more flags and I, I mentioned it to him again, but I said it the same way. I was, I said, "Yeah, you guys, you guys really love Trump down here, huh?" <laughs> and they they were silent, like they pretend, like I said it loud, like that, like in a room, like mm -hmm. you know, in a room like this. And they and they wouldn't talk about it. And like, I I guess it's that like people don't want to get people riled up in social situations. Um, you know the 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 old adage that you know at a bar in a social situation you don't talk about politics or sex or or. Uh, you just talk about the weather, you know, you don't talk about religion. Mm -hmm. You don't talk about religion, you don't talk about the... But I thought to myself, how are we going to get out of this if we don't talk about it, if we just pretend it's not happening? It's like the worst possible outcome. You know, like, if you believe that the state police shouldn't be used to menace immigrants to go around and check people's papers like the fucking Gestapo if you don't believe that then say you don't believe it and then if other people disagree with you then we know the people who are are the fascists and it was so disheartening like when I bring it up and again I don't I you know we have a good relationship with them I wasn't really looking to argue I was needling them a little bit and I was interested to see what they would say mm -hmm. So I could say, yeah, you know, it's all, whatever. I, I, I wasn't really interested in having a long conversation, but they were scared to even have any conversation about it at all. And so the, the takeaway that I took from it was, was even worse because it was like, is everybody of the right mind just going to stand around and be afraid of what a bigot is going to say to you? Or what a, you know, what an authoritarian thug is going to say to you? I mean, that's a scary, very scary proposition to me. Yes, that's pretty scary. There is a lot of misinformation. For example, most of the people don't understand that most of the undocumented people 
pay taxes and got no benefit out of it. So all that money is actually being delivered to the checks of um, the people that retire. Oh, I've pointed that out many times. Yes. You have, you have, so you, you know, yeah, you pay taxes. Uh, immigrants pay their share. Um, they the numbers show they com- commit less crime per you know for their group. Um, you get no can't t- you know they don't get many services because they they don't qualify. They're afraid to go get the services that are available. Um, you know I don't know what to tell people. You know I, when it, when it boils down to it, it's just a bigoted, prejudiced. Um, sort of xenophobic position yes. and even if you're afraid so if you're afraid to take on a, a bigot in public say you're the governor of the state I think that that's very very telling about your character yes we got to decide you know um, I was very proud and I want to mention this because you know when um, the Hummers parade on Middletown happened and it was really um the worst things ever happening about immigrants in Delaware, mocking people, being in cages. And then um, this article came on a news journal. And we were very unhappy because uh, the tone of the article was really out of place. Yeah, and I, I'm just, uh, and I, I don't want to, hope no. I don't trigger anybody or sensationalize it at all, just so if anybody doesn't isn't aware of it. They have a satirical parade in Middletown, that's like the Mummers Parade, but it's a bunch of satire and, and joking around and everything. And they had uh, this year on New Year's Day a float with people in in basically dog kennels, I guess, with like shit stained diapers and stuff, and like ice agents around them. And it was it was it was uh, grotesque. Um, I wish our other super producer, who is not in the studio tonight, Margaret. Um, she usually sits there. That's why I did that. For everybody who's not in here, I I, I motion to the chair. She usually sits in, but she's not here. Um, that's how we. That's how I met her. Um, Kobe uh, and I went down with Margaret, with Carrie, um, to kind of sort of break up their their city council meeting after that. Um, and that's how that's how we met because we went down there to to protest it. Yes. Well, what I wanted to mention was that because of that article, you know, I realized how important um, it was for us to to take action beyond it, in not just like in the city council, but also Atun Rayan, which is like um, Delaware Cannes, um executive director of my boss. I really appreciate his um, leadership because he was right away a question in um, the news journal about this. Like, where did they get this information? How are they able to portray it? And then questioning more things. So he set up a meeting with the news journal Atun Ray, uh, Margie Lopez from Aspira Academia, and myself, we attended that meeting. And we mainly um, were there to find out what happened. But we didn't um, argue. We didn't fight. We asked questions like why this happened. And it was so refreshing that um, the attitude, especially Matt Albright, was pretty open. You know, they don't realize it was out of tone. So they asked us for recommendations and um one question that I asked them before anything, I said, I need to know what side are you? Are you are you on the side of a healthier Delaware? Are you on the side of a disruptive Delaware? What is it you want? So we pick our side and are we friends or we are not? Um, <clears throat> they, um, Matt says, we want to work with the community and we want to do what is right. So he asked us to, uh, to write op-eds. So we could uh, clarify everything and said what we wanted to say. And that was a beautiful attitude because um, newspaper 
at a state level delivers what people are meant to hear. And I'm not talking about Latinos, I'm talking about Americans. And so if we don't say the right things and we don't approach um, the topics the right way, we are misinforming, especially we don't have knowledge about it. So um, I was really, really happy that uh, they asked us for suggestions. They, they are being accountable and receptive, especially Matt. He's been doing these open workshops. I mean, and they are awesome. I actually, he he was in here too, and he spoke to, spoke about that. And it's actually very uncomfortable for me uh, to have someone in here speaking about Albright in such a positive note. But uh, this is a positive fact. But I I do I'm a I'm a I'm a friend of Matt's and and he he we've talked about that that he's been going around and doing sort of um, you know talks in different communities about hey if you want access to our op-ed page here's what you would do and and I know he's he is very uh, accessible. Uh, he's also at least with me been a, a, a good editor for the op-eds that I've written. Some of the other ones maybe he was off that week and he just he missed them, but um, but yeah he does get a pretty good shout out because he's he is very accessible as the as the uh, the editorial uh, uh, editor the opinion editor, and um, and he has been out in the community too so that's that's very cool. Yes, it's cool and you know I not everybody you know likes everybody's opinion right, but to me what is important is that we have a, a convergent point of understanding somewhere. And that is what builds everything else. Well, there is, um, there is a, um, you know, I've been, one of my bigger missions um, that I see myself fitting in the community is broader than, than the safe communities. I feel I am, I am a channel to bring people together. And I love to work with organizations. I, I love to talk to people when I fear, when I feel that somebody's taking uh, an opinion about something or somebody or an organization, I want to find out why they think the way they do and where is the point of convergence. So we kind of align in some kind of way and people, for example, Network Delaware, to me, Network Delaware is a system that kind of you know, has the possibility to allow every single organization to grow, to thrive. Uh, and to become what they need to be because uh, we need innovation. We need new ideas about organizing. We need new ideas about politics. And we can't just keep going on the way we have been. So to me, organizations, I want them to understand and I want to reach out to them so they understand that Network Delaware is there to serve them. So they grow, so they become better. It's not a competition. It's actually, a, 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 I don't know, how do you say it? A ringer of togetherness, that is a concept. Well, I'll tell you, that. I, well, I, it's, a <laughs> it's not a competition, it's cooperation. It's cooperation, That's it's collaboration. Yeah, yeah, and that sure. is how we, we have to be vulnerable and open to say, I don't know how to do this. My organization is mean to do this, but you know, we are at the point where we don't know how to recruit. We don't know how to um, make everybody grow and we need that help. And that's what Network Delaware is for. We need to be able to, to fulfill that demand because if we don't do it, we're not going to go anywhere as a state and as a country. Um, so that is one of my missions. The other thing that I'm doing through Delaware Can, which is my organization, I have been able to reach out to the, to the Latino community. I am the um, Latino Outreach Coordinator. And since the beginning, my mission has been to, to look for the leadership. And I realized that uh, we have very little leadership um, related to politics. Mainly our leadership is based in cultural items and 
shows and events, but we don't have somebody that is speaking and fighting hard for us as a community. And that is what I want to do. I want to find those people. I want them to get the training they need. I want them to jump, they get them just started. I want some representatives, Latinos that are um, ethically prepared, that are, um, that have integrity, that understand what is the landscape and that um, they can work with other people that are no Latinos because we think that Latinos need to work with Latinos. That's not true. Some organizations have been trying to be like really um, the center of Latinos and we can't do that. Every single organization in the state has the possibility to expand what they do into Latinos and every other organization and every other community because that is the reason why we don't grow as the same as other organizations. We're close together, we don't reach out, and we don't do and achieve anything because we don't know how to do it. So um, I am looking for leaders. I am developing leaders. I am nourishing relationships. I am understanding where everybody comes from. We have different communities. We have um, Guatemalans, we have Mexicans, yeah. <laughs> we have Puerto Ricans, we have all these others. I've been talking to the kids that come here without parents, for example, and what is their experience, what they're looking for, how can they be useful to themselves and their community. And it's just amazing what can be achieved if we will have more organizers in the South. Yeah, I w and this, I, I wrote this down because it, it, it resonated with me when you told me, and maybe that's what I, but what I hope we can kind of get to with this and other things and bring people together. Um, earlier this year, I think in a network meeting, uh, we were sitting outside just waiting for it to start or something. And I said, oh, you know, I'm starting a podcast. You were like, of course, you're so, so positive. You're like, <laughs> Robert, that is great. Like, I was so excited. Like, nobody had, <laughs> nobody had been that positive about it before. Um, but you said that there's such a dearth of, of um, any kind of, political media uh in for uh spanish speakers of all types of all all the different communities mm -hmm. especially in kent and sussex county yes and uh, and i was you know you know i maybe some of this will get asked that's maybe why we had you do the introduction maybe there's something hook and say <laughs> there's beautiful. something like yeah because i th do think it's important this is what you're talking about is so important and i wonder i spoke to um uh, Working Families Party, Vanessa, who was uh, talking about doing organizing in, in Sussex County and trying to do kind of talk about big issues uh, and maybe get people together on either money in politics or maybe their environment like the water or, or whatever it may be. What what sort of things are you doing as outreach in, in like Sussex County? Well, I am focusing on education. That is kind of my main focus, like um, helping um, parents and kids to understand where they need to go. At um, Delaware Can is um, an advocacy organization um, for education, and the mission is pretty much uh, fight and reach everything possible to make transparency possible and uh, seek higher quality education for every single kid in the state, no matter who they are and what their color is. Um, so, understanding where is everybody standing, like, for example, one of the things that we built was a database about how many um, ESL coordinators, English as a second language coordinators, we have in every school in the state. And we don't even have coordinators that speak Spanish, for example, uh, in some schools. And uh, we are starting um, realizing and actually getting data from all the lack of resources that 
are not available in the community. Parents now call us constantly about um, issues that happen at schools, that they are not notified properly, that they are not informed properly. Let's say that a kid has um, potential attention deficit disorder, and instead of teachers communicating that to parents, um, they just say that their kids are problematic, for example. And parents don't understand it. Like how that comes instead of getting um, pointed in the right direction so the kid can be treated and, you know, getting the help that they need. That's not happening because all those misunderstanding and lack of resources. Um, we are getting all the database. Um, there is um, another project that I am participating in, uh, which is La Colectiva. And um, one of um, the coordinators uh, in that matter, Actually, it's a it's a um, UD teacher, April Benes, Dr. April Benes. She's being coordinated uh, a group of parents seeking higher education, and they are tired. They got all together. It was like 150 with their kids, of them, and saying, "We need the resources. We need. We want our kids to go to college, and we don't know what to do. We don't have anything here, and nobody comes to speak to us. We tell us what to do, and they are ready to organize, and they are forming an organization very soon. Um, and the 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 place that I take over there is to make sure that they understand that yes, you're on the right, you're doing the right thing, and I am kind of a um, inserting myself in the points where I translate no not the content but actually the meaning of what they do and when let's say the University of Delaware comes I speak to them and make sure that they understand the information I and people appreciate that and and they ask me to do things for them and they reach out to me and I love that you know it's overwhelming because they all come to me but at the same in the same way I really appreciate that they are reaching out that they are finding what they what they want, and uh, that's why I think we need organizers over there. Education is the, the focal point, but you know, through through this work, of course, everything else comes out. The water, the quality of our services, um, the abuses at work, everything. So um, I don't have the capacity to do it all, but I am documented, documenting everything that comes to me and understanding how people think, what they do, what they do, and also uh, understanding also the the kind of manipulation that are with <laughs> that exists within the Latino community in sources, which is bad. People are not helping their people, <laughs> but using them for um, different personal um, standards, which I don't agree with. So we need a podcast in there <laughs> to educate. You, to yes. Yes. Yeah, so what do you? What do you? Can you be? What do you mean? I mean, we need we need. I mean, what do you mean? Are, 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 you mean it's just a sort of an isolated, as you said, maybe a, a Guatemalan community and a and a Mexican community, or is there some other? We is need. It like a, we is need it a, like a work thing, an employment thing? People no, are being I, taken I, advantage of, or yes, there are different things. Like for example, the developers, right? Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah, that is that is Rip a big on one. That's, I'm, uh, yeah, go off on developers. This is that, uh, this is this is right. <laughs> this is right in our wheelhouse. That is a big one. You know, no rights, no protections. If somebody loses an arm or a leg, you know they're on their own because there is nothing behind them. They have no protections, and and people are told that since they are like hiring, right? So and they are afraid, so they don't do anything about it. So they they lose everything they have. Uh, that is one. The other is, um, of course, um, the money they earn is not what they should be earning as well. Um, developers' attitudes as well, arrogant and. Of course, know what we need for our communities. 
Then we got the water. People started questioning why I'm having rushes. I don't understand why this is happening to me. And it's just unbelievable. I went to, um, I went to give a training and I, um, I wanted to wash my hands and a horrible smell came out of the water and I was like, what is this? Something's going on. Can you check the water? Something's weird. No, that's how it smells. That, that's the way it is. And I was like really, really sad. I cried that day because I couldn't imagine all our kids, not just Latino kids, like every single kid and family there drinking from that water. And we need to do something about it. Then I hear about the hospitals, right? It's another another big one because I do, I know that, <clears throat> I guess both, um, both the Milford Hospital, whose name escapes me now, um, and then the and BB and, and Lewis, I know they're trying to open sort of satellite, um, either emergency Spaces. centers mm -hmm. or, or, or walk-in clinics or something. But I know that it's a big, um, it's a sort of a controversial uh, issue down there. Yes, like if they have an appointment, for example, and besides all the other things, uh, if they have an appointment and the internet is off, they have to get an appointment like two months later. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like incredible yeah, access i i know that access is extremely difficult i yes. guess it's nanocoke and bb but yeah i know i know it's yeah it's i i guess it comes back to what we were talking about before on a national level yes like <clears throat> I, I this is this is what i what i what i see happening right we we feel that people are not participating they don't feel engaged you know but the one of the main reasons why they don't engage with anybody that comes and tells them we want to fix the problems is because um, they don't see that fire and that desire and attitude of we're going to fix this. You know, they feel like, oh, we're going to work on this. No, they have to hear we're going to fix this. Of course, and because we we're going to work on this. Yes. Or being afraid to even talk about it, which is what we said the governor does, mm -hmm. is in service to the, to the system. Because uh, they want to be able to, as you said in the in the in the work environment, they want to they want to be able to basically subjugate people, use 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 their labor, and be able to say that they don't have a responsibility. That's by design. No one wants no one with money, no oligarch wants to change that. It's actually quite disgusting, yes. and and that's what makes it difficult. Is you have to be able to say that that's wrong. This state. And this country is for everybody. I yeah, and that, I, I guess that's what I was going to say is that there has to be a, a larger understanding that this this place is for everybody. You know, it's 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 not to uh, disenfranchise and use vulnerable people or try to get over, uh, and, and then you know just treat people like trash, and and it's and it's and it's uh, it's menacing too because then. Because people understand, as you said, that if a politician says, you know, we're going to work on it, we're going to, we have this planning committee and we're going to move that out of committee next session and, uh, you know, all of that, people don't want to hear that. No. They just want to feel comfortable and safe that they can go to work and get a, and get a wage. That's yes. all. And, and it seems, and, 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 uh, and I hope that this, either this podcast or this building of solidarity or this studio or something dove, turns into that because I hope... Um, yeah, I'd love to have a, a, a Spanish language podcast out of here. We'll just give Carl more work to do. 
Yeah, no, you have to find your own. You have to find your own producer. You just have to. <laughs> <laughs> you just Carl's have to learn. Carl, Carl's in a non-compete. <laughs> now you just have to learn Spanish, and that's gonna make it happen. Uh, you know what? You have two months. I should get ready. To, I actually need to get ready. <laughs> I talked to uh, I talked to somebody. Actually, um, one of the activists I had in um, the the Zapatistas in Mexico taught her Spanish, hmm. which is pretty cool. Maybe you have to come over and teach me. Thirty minutes every. He's working every that thirty minutes every day. Yes. So, well, um, my best uh, advice to everybody that want to help the community in general, um, whatever Latinos, African Americans, Haitians, whatever. Uh, we need to be authentic about our intentions. People are not taking any more, any fake smiles, any fake shakes of hands. Um, people are really looking into what people mean with their actions and also like their attitudes. So to attract, engage, and recruit people, candidates, volunteers, voters, we need to be role models. We cannot be um, this is respectful people and I know sometimes it takes like a lot of us to not be like that. There are spaces where we can be like that to ourselves. <laughs> but you know, to engage people, we need to be role models. We need to be like a real candidate because that's how they see what we mean and, and they can believe in politics and what politics can bring. And they can see themselves in ourselves that things can be done in a different way so they believe in politics. Um, we need to communicate properly about our intentions and even if we don't fix or candidates don't fix what they said they're going to fix, you know, when they say it, they are meaning that they're going to work on it. And that is an attitude. But you said, um, my intention is to help on this, but we have to f fix it. We have to fight together and you do everything you can. Every, even if you don't win, people know that you're going to be there and try to do your best. So that is important. Uh, and we need to stop being selfish and just work for our own causes we need to reach out and we need to to be part of something we need to be mentors and advisors we need to get everywhere just like kobe is everywhere we need to be everywhere so you've also noticed kobe is everywhere <laughs> of course i know kobe <laughs> he is he, wherever 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 there's action he is there usually yeah. uh, in uh, timberland boots with a bullhorn yes yeah, so like um, everything that he's organized, I just said, Kobe, tell me what you need. Let's get it done. Because, <laughs> you know, that is what, you know, we don't have to be extreme, but we need to understand that um, we need to be a little more open. If we have a consciousness about what needs to be happening, about how many people we need to register to vote, if we need volunteers, we need to be able to engage and gain the patience, meditate a little bit, but we need that patience to engage people be respectful and be kind. And we need that anyway. We need that in our lives. And I know it's hard sometimes, it's better to be like, you know, I love the way you've been in this program today because I heard some of your podcast and you've been very nice today. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's not a I'm bad all, thing. I, but I'm, I, 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 it's did you think I was going to be? Did you think I was going to be not nice to you? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but you know, but actually like, the energy that I am bringing about love and peace and everything, you are into it. It's I like, am into it, sure. And that's, that's wonderful. And I that's, mean, I'm still, I mean, I'm still going to make incendiary yes. comments that Carl's probably going to have to cut out so I don't get arrested. You're still you. Yeah, I mean, I got to have to be authentic. Yes, exactly. No, I mean, no, 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 I'm authentic. <laughs> no, no kidding. No, but I really, like, 
you know, I've talked to a lot of people about the different kinds of episodes I've mm -hmm. done because, you know, we've come in here and just been real goofy and made been fun yes. and with, with organizers and activists and different people. But I've also had, you know, journalists in and people say, well, you know, maybe, you know, don't curse so much or maybe do that. But I got to be me. I know. It's got to be good. like this. Like I'm, this is how I am. And I'm like, if you, you know, if you think you're annoyed, I can't get away from myself. I'm with myself every waking hour of every waking day. So you just imagine how that is. No, I don't. But again, I, it's also supposed <laughs> to be a little bit sort of punchy. You know what I mean? I, you know, I think that you do that when you feel you have to do it. And that's what I admire about you. That, you know, you are yourself and, and the moments that you have to be hard your heart and in the moments that you have to be soft yourself. And I really appreciate that because that means that you can connect with people at every level and that's beautiful. Um, and that is exactly what we all have to do. Like reach out to those hard parts, but also to those soft parts so we can connect with each other because there is no other way we're going to get Delaware ahead of it. That's such a great compliment. Thank you for saying that. It makes me feel good. Awesome. <laughs> well, we're going to leave it there for you guys so I don't uh, cry on mic. Uh, that was very nice. Uh, so obviously in the show notes, we're going to have links to Delaware Can so you can see what the education work they're doing. We're going to have links to Network Delaware uh, and all kinds of community organizing there, uh, a Safe Streets Initiative. Um, we'll, we'll also, well, I was going to say something very crass about John Carney, but I don't want to do it now. <laughs> You've, 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 I can't believe you've done this to me. It's implied. It's yeah. Let's just let's just say all, every episode is implicitly a dig on John Carney. Uh, thanks everybody. Um, big news um, this week. We were uh, approved uh, on iTunes, so you can actually probably today. It took like two days after we got approved, but you can probably search uh, the Highlands Bunker on iTunes now and get it. Um, uh, as Carl described last week, we have an RSS feed on the Patreon page, www.patreon.com backslash of the Highlands Bunker. Uh, we have an RSS feed that'll work in any of your, um, any of your platforms. Um, and we put some tiers up for you guys to start kicking in and helping the cause. There's a $2 tier. There's a $5 tier. There's a $10 tier, which is a uh, partita de Ubero. Uh, what's the U? Unification Marquista? How was, my, how, how was that? That's the, that, yeah, it's not good. Get was, in there. Uh, it's not getting there. <laughs> She's so nice. Um, and there's also, we're going to be talking about, uh, I have I have some meetings set with some folks. There's going to be a big tier, $100 a month, executive producer, the Eugene V. Debs Fellowship. Not everybody can join that kind of club, but you're going to be, you're going to be here and we're going to be using that money to make sure that everybody's connected because all our struggles are connected, like Carrie says. And we have to all get together and understand that this country's a place for everybody. Uh, what did I say? Uh, justice is love in public. Thank you, Dr. West. Um, we, we, we have to start thinking that way because we're, we're, starting to, we're starting to slip into something that's very nasty. And as a, as a, as a, as a person who lives here, I don't like it. And we're going to change it. So... Erica, thanks for coming in. Thank you. I'm really proud of the amazing work you're doing. And thank you for inviting me over and inviting all the people that you have brought it. And good luck with everything. We're not going to stop. I know. We're not going to stop. That's right. All right. Left is best. Lula Livre. <laughs>